How do you say that? 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 Hello and welcome to a brand new year. Happy New Year! <laughs> oh, yay! <laughs> and a brand spanking new special episode of How Do You Say That? Sponsored by BritishVoiceOver.co.uk. Yes, remember, this is the podcast for voiceovers, podcasters and anyone else who talks into a microphone, exploring, <laughs> amongst other things, the idea that we all approach scripts differently. Yes, we really do. And we find it endlessly fascinating. Mm -hmm. So I'm Samantha Bobbin and this is my co-host Mark Rice. And this episode is a look back at 2023 and all the amazing stuff that we learned from our guests. And we have discovered some absolute gems to be fair from how to work with clients, how to add personality to your reads. (laughs) Not like that. Uh, Why commercials are mini masterpieces. How not to sound like a voiceover. (laughs) Sitting, oh dear. Sitting versus standing. I mean, the list is endless, Sam, isn't it? It is, and I'm glad you got that list, <laughs> not me. So let's have a listen back to some of the voiceover gold of 2023. How do you say that? So we're going to start with Charles Nove, and appropriately for the first gem, how to find your way into a script. Getting into it, both you and Charles, both of you used a way in. You yep. you kind of grounded yourself in a way and then, then kind of went with it. I find that the easiest way of doing that. And yep. that's certainly what I what I advise to people if they ask me how to get into a character. I suspect that, that, that you would advise people that way as well, Charles, would you? Yes, and um, sometimes the, the, the value of... You know, a, a, a lead-in that you voice but, but will not be used. Yep. Yeah. For example, those dreadful scripts that start with uh, a bold question ever been in love for example that's a lot easier to deliver if you go have you ever been in love yes absolutely as long as you leave the edit pause nobody should complain such a brilliant tip that we included it in both how do you say that specials because you can't have too much of a good thing can you And Claire Reeves also gave us a great alternative way to sound good at the beginning of a script. With documentary narration being relatively long form in the form Mm -hmm. in the ones I've done, um, we do the beginning, we do it all in order and then we come back and we do the beginning again because you're really into it and you really, really get the journey by that stage, even yep. if you have had chance to read through it, which you don't always yeah. um, beforehand, then you can go back and do the top with an understanding of, hey, everyone, this is the journey we're going on. Mm. And it does bring a whole other feel to it as well. Yeah, yeah I often do that as a director. I often, mm-hmm. you know, let it go. People warm up and then you you kind of wheel back round at the end and, and redo yeah. the top again. It's It's so interesting. And that works whether you're self-directing in your studio or working with a director. Now, the chat and sheer drama about AI has been dominating our industry this year. And we had Rory Barnett on the podcast early in 2023, talking about how important the human voice is and always will be. I got called up by a radio producer saying, um, we're really interested in um, audiobook narration and AI. And um, do you think you might come on the program and talk about it? And could you record a little section of A Christmas Carol? And then we're going to compare Ooh. your reading of A Christmas Carol with the <sighs> AI version. I mean, that is brave. I listened to the first sentence and thought, 
I'm going to pack this in. I might as well just give <laughs> oh, up. No. I think we we and then what was really interesting and AI is going to get better and better and better at copying the human voice. Mm-hmm. That's what it's doing. Yeah. You start the, your ear picks up your your ear becomes more and more attuned to the the things that aren't quite right. Okay. Agreed. So the Absolutely. more you listen yep. and so the more you listen to it the more it was oh oh yeah oh oh it sounds quite similar. Oh What's the inflection at the end of the sentences and various things? And of course, we have so many different other ways of making a difference here Mm. with this microphone, the dynamism and all of those sort of various things. As we've said before on the podcast, Rory, um, that is the joy of the human versus the AI. And the human will always be able to bring something different. And now back to Charles Nove. We asked him whether he preferred to sit or stand in the booth? And we got this very useful answer. Do you stand or sit when you do your voiceovers? And does it really matter? Are you standing or sitting, Charles? Uh, right now, sitting. But uh, I, I, I do both. Um, depends <laughs> what I'm trying to do. Versatile. If I am trying to do a um, dynamic character performance, I will definitely be standing. Mm-hmm. If sure. I want to do um, solemn super sensible i'll be sitting i have to beware personally i have to beware of sitting when i should be standing because it puts me into a particular mode sure uh, of sober and sensible Mm -hmm. uh, as distinct from pissed and falling over and um, (laughs) posture has such an effect i mean there's a physical effect for example of constriction of neck and chest uh, which change the sound Um, and i know if i need to do casual it helps me a lot to slouch Outside, if you go outside to an outside studio, unless you're doing a character part, usually the studio is set up for you to sit. I've yes, found. it is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. If, if you I'm should doing... never be afraid. I've always told me never be afraid to uh, to ask them to change it. Yeah. Uh, because it's your performance. I've said to so many people over the years as well, you know, if, if you have uh, done a take of something that the production has said, oh, yeah, that's great, thanks, but you know that it wasn't quite right, or it wasn't your best, or you've got a better one, make them do another one. Because the law of sod has a part to play in this. That take that you did that you know isn't quite your best, that will turn out to be the long runner that goes on all media forever. (laughs) And every time you hear the bloody thing, you'll go, oh. (laughs) And now to scripts. Connecting to the copy, enjoying the feel of the words in your mouth, creating emotion. Well... Who else could it be but Nick Redman, who talked about that? Well, I thought, like, I heard every single word, which is great, right? And I think sometimes with voiceovers, sometimes our focus is always, I need to say the words dead good so that people can hear everything really clearly. But I'm always, I'm always excited, more excited and intrigued to think about, like, the sounds and the flow and, and using this particular interesting sounds that compare and contrast in it and, and, and really focusing on, like, like the physical feel of the words in your mouth and, and yeah. how how you want those sounds to make me feel. Yeah. So like I thought it was lovely and it flowed really nicely, like you say, but how do you want me to feel? I think that's probably why I chose to go a bit slower and a bit more gentle with it anyway. And it is, I think they've chosen, I mean, obviously they're, they're architects and it's a rather beautiful, um, the, the, the film is a the kind pictures of, are lovely, you know, yeah. ra- rather lovely. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they really do want you to sink into it. It is actually quite a slow pace. 
I'll say that. Okay. After after hearing about Nick's making the words create emotion, I want to hear how you do it now, Nick. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) No pressure. Uh, We are Studio PDC. We're designed for people. I'm not. Interestingly, I always try and pick one word out of a script that sort of gives me a feel for how I feel it should be read, if you know what I mean. Like one Mm. kind of word to hang it off. And for me, the the word that dropped out was community. Like community is like a really exciting and interesting word when it comes to architects. And yes, it's stylish. And yes, it's like, you know, looks amazing and and really impressive and like structured and maybe shiny with like metal and glass and all that kind of thing. But they were like people in community. And mm. I thought that was really, those are the words that kind of jumped out to me. So, yeah. okay, shall I give it a go? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously doing a warm up first, guys. <laughs> okay. Never forget to warm up. And of course, if you want to hear that read, you'll have to revisit the episode to listen to it. All the links to the various episodes will be in the show notes of this one. Many, many voices are actors too, and here are a couple of excellent tips from two actors. First, David Monteith. David, like Nick, really leans into the words and the meaning behind them to bring his scripts to life. Wow. What I loved about that is you've got a real sense of uh, comedy almost, joy, yes. and uh, and um, you, you didn't take it or yourself too seriously. I really liked that. Mm. Yeah, there was a couple of things there for me because I always, when I was teaching uh, acting, I'd always say, yeah. "How do the words you're reading make you feel?" Yeah. yeah, and so it's for me, it was really engaging. I, both Pride and Prejudice and Jane Eyre, I find them quite boring, so I just want to get past that bit. <laughs> yes, um, seduction. <laughs> yeah, on the other oh, hand, I, re- I remember the like days. <laughs> I remember. You have this innate ability of drawing people in to listen, so that you're actually actively listening rather than passively listening. It's wonderful. Oh, stop. (laughs) Go on, but you know. (laughs) And here's the wonderful Kenny Blythe talking accents. I've often thought about which parts of the brain we use with different things, especially with accents. Um, You know, um, I had to learn some lines recently for a small TV job and I learned it in different accents. But what I discovered when I did the job was it was almost like it was running through a, it was running through a filter to, to get the accent and, and it almost felt like I couldn't do it in, in the accent without, <laughs> without, without accessing it through a different way. It was very odd. Interesting. I guess that's the musical side of the brain, isn't it? I wonder if accents are like languages. I just, yeah. mm. I'd, be, I'd be fascinated to know if anyone's done any research um, in, in, into, into which parts <laughs> of the brain are working those, you would think so, you would think yeah. so. It would certainly help me the next time I've got to learn something. Because <laughs> I, I, I find the whole accent thing fascinating because, of course, some people are superb at doing accents and others not so much. As we found on the podcast, Sam, you and uh, me. Uh, yes, well, exactly. <laughs> so, some of them, great. Others, mm, not so much. Yeah, absolutely. But what I find fascinating is depending on where you were born, luck of the draw mm-hmm. of where you yes. happen to have been born, yep. you would have been able to adopt that accent. Mm-hmm. If you see what I mean. So it can't be that you're actually not able to learn an accent. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I, I suppose like anything else, like uh, singing or you know, driving a racing car or anything, there are some people who have perhaps a more more of a natural yes. aptitude to something. Mm-hmm. And yes. some people who have to perhaps work harder. Yeah. Um, I was exposed to very lots of different sounds when I was young 
because my dad uh, took me down to Newcastle a lot to he played football for Newcastle and had had boarded with a family when he was a young boy and he used to go down and visit them he, they were a second family and they when I was about seven or eight they used to give me a little square of chocolate if I said Geordie words right and so they <laughs> I was lovely. effectively trained by chocolate God if only all acting classes used treats to teach us how to be brilliant that would be amazing and we also asked Kenny that golden question about voiceover reels. You know, that one we all want the answer to? How long should you wait to get your demo reels done when you're starting out? Or even oh. if you're already established but just changing genres, you're doing something new? I think um, uh, depending on what you're looking to do, I think it possibly is. I mean, uh, as we were discussing earlier, um, my time uh, when I started out at the radio drama company back then, which is 2000, um, people were very adamant that when you started on the radio drama company, everybody wanted to get a voice reel and everybody wanted to be do doing commercials. Um, and we were very strongly advised not to, to, to get them done too early because we would learn so much in the first year. And I think that was excellent advice then um obviously things have changed and and people now um they do want things immediately yesterday yes <laughs> you know i would say that uh, there's no substitute um for training you know um if you haven't done any radio drama and you want to make a radio drama real it would seem like a good idea to me to do a bit of practice to mm. get together with some mm -hmm. friends and, and, and get some scripts together or even write a couple of scenes and work on it before you went out and recorded something that, that is likely to cost you money because that's fundamentally the, the truth of it is if you're going to outlay money on something, you want it to, to make returns. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's as simple as that. If you come from an acting background but you've not done any commercial stuff, um, I think the same, the same rule applies. Liz Drury was our very first guest on the podcast, and we talked about the elephant in the voiceover room. The way we second-guess ourselves, we worry that we didn't read it correctly, and we kind of compare ourselves to others. You used words, you, you emphasised words that I didn't, and as you were emphasising them, I thought, why didn't I emphasise those words? Why did I... Is that you know, because you didn't read it through beforehand, Sam? Obviously, it might have been, <laughs> but, but I, I'm particularly... But I, I always think that, though, Sam. If I hear you know, someone else doing a script that, that I've auditioned for, I think, well, why didn't I do it like that? I didn't emphasise that or go yeah. down at the end of that sentence and... You know, I think that, you know, that's what you're proving with this, this podcast is there's more than one way to read a script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I was really aware <laughs> when I was doing it that I put things, instead of reading, it is important. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, think I contracted it as well. No, Sam. it's interesting. Did you? I, yeah. I will pretty much ask every single one of my clients whether they want contractions or not. I prefer contractions almost every time. Mm. This client, it sounds more natural, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. This client does not like contractions. I mean, I think the thing that we also proved just by this conversation is there are a hundred different ways to read a script. There are a hundred different clients that want it a hundred different ways. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. But of course, in the end, there is the absolute love of doing this job. And so we had to include this tiny, tiny moment from a relatively recent episode with Darren Altman, whose energy and he just adores voice acting and that just shone through everything he talked about. 
I'm a radio fan. I I, I love radio. Yeah. I mm-hmm. adore it, and yeah. um, and it's just that's it, it. And that is the thing, isn't it? I think what we're talking about is is sounds. Radio yeah. adverts are in my head. I listen to a thousand yeah. adverts a day, and your thing is your thing, you know. So it, it's all about. So I've been a musician, you know. You can't you can't play it if you yeah. can't hear it. Yep. It's why if you want to break into a genre, a particular genre, you need to be really immersed in that genre. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. no point you thinking, oh, I wouldn't mind doing some um, some video games, actually. Because yeah. if you don't play video games, mm. or you haven't, mm. you, totally. you don't actually know what is needed of you. Yeah. I often say this to people, if you want to get good at a particular genre, then listen to that particular mm-hmm. genre. And if you take nothing else from this episode, there's the gold. Be more Darren. Immerse yourself in the stuff that you love and want to book in. How do you say that? And next week, we're welcoming our first guest of 2024. More fascinating reads, idiosyncrasies and scripts to come. Yes. Yes. So join us then when we will be asking, come on there, Mark, once more with feeling. (laughs) Okay. How How do you you say say that? that? How do you say that? that?